I'm grateful you're here, as together we practice being socially responsible. A powerful choice, really beyond words in the confines of the autopilot abilities of the human brain, because it's deeper. This process that starts inside, with the simple act of noticing things like the stories we hold on to about ourselves, the judgments we have, how our bodies feel as these thoughts flood our minds. Through practice and awareness that we're not the thoughts we think, we're separate from them. We, you, me, him, her, them, all of us, can discover who we're truly meant to be beyond labels, titles, roles, and the clutter that clouds our minds. Greetings, salutations. It's my best Charlotte from Charlotte's Web imitation. (laughs) Fine pig. How are you? How is fall, autumn, treating you? If where you live is in the beginning of fall right now. The change of seasons is such a great opportunity, just like chores, to practice acceptance. It's not easy for a lot of us when the sun starts to fade earlier and earlier and then we change the clocks and it's like dark at four o'clock and uh, blah, blah, blah. But acceptance. This is how it is. And that helps. A resistance existence is nothing but a nuisance. Wanted to talk today about embarrassment. And that fine line between feeling embarrassed and feeling shame, feeling ashamed. It's likely, I know there is for me, that there are things from your past where if you even just think of them, your nervous system changes. You can feel the change. Try it. Let's, let's do it. When is a time that you remember being, feeling embarrassed or ashamed or both? Does just thinking of it do what I said? Change how you feel inside? There are a few things that stand out for me. Peeing my pants in the first grade in art class and then telling the teacher that I thought there was a leak in the ceiling. (laughs) Trying to cover up for not getting to the bathroom on time. Then there was the time in the fifth grade when I peed my pants in religious education class. I had raised my hand because after the first grade incident, I was like, I've never, that's never happening again. Public peeing is just, it's not fun. And I had raised my hand in this fifth grade religious education class to ask to go to the bathroom and the teacher said no. And I wasn't confident enough, mature enough to advocate for myself to say this is an emergency like it's not a let me go waste time in the toilet situation this is a I'm gonna burst if I don't go right now and I didn't speak up and I peed my pants and I don't know if anybody knew but it didn't feel good 
Then there was the time in the seventh grade when a girl followed me into the bathroom, a popular girl, and she told me, listen, you need to wear deodorant and you need a bra. Man did coming out of the bathroom after that feel so terrible. I, of course, was grateful that someone let me know because clearly it wasn't on the radar of my caretakers. But the idea that people think I smelled or that my, my breasts were too bare and that I needed to get a bra, that made me embarrassed and ashamed. And I can talk about it now because, well, time, time heals all wounds, yes? That's what they say. And that's what I've experienced. Now, embarrassment and or shame as an adult, because I'm kind of using them interchangeably, though your definition might be a little different than my definition, and I did not take the time to look up the, you know, Merriam-Webster definition of embarrassed versus shame or ashamed. But as an adult, when we experience embarrassment, it's almost like because we're grown-ups, we, you know, need to, or we tell ourselves maybe, behave in a different way than maybe we would have as a child. So when you get embarrassed now as an adult, is it different than when you became embarrassed as a child? Now, I just said that, and the reality is, I don't think my behavior is all that different now as a 40-year-old than it was as a first grader, a fifth grader, a seventh grader, etc. I bring this up now because over the weekend we had a birthday party, eighth birthday party for my daughter. And it was at a venue that's not a birthday party place, but it's a place where you can have birthday parties. And it came time to serve the pizza and the woman who runs the place was like do you want to serve the pizza and I was like sure and they were like when is it coming I was like what do you mean when is it coming I thought you guys were ordering the pizza turns out there had been a miscommunication and I did not understand that it was my responsibility to order and bring in the pizza I thought the venue was ordering and bringing in the pizza which is in my experience, typically how kid party places do it. Now, again, this wasn't a kid party place. It was a school, like learning, fun learning place that happened to have this party. Anyway, in that moment, I was mortified, horrified, mystified, frustrated, and my immediate instinct was like who can I blame (laughs) and then my next thought is I'm gonna cry and then my next thought was 
Am I really going to just break down and cry in this room full of six to ten-year-olds who probably won't know any better if I just keep it moving? So in the span of, I don't know, it felt like an eternity, but it was probably 30 seconds, I took a deep breath, suppressed the tears, turned to the woman who owns the place, and I was like, we're going straight to the sugar course. And so we just went right to singing happy birthday and serving cookie and cookies and brownies and cupcakes. And now for the remainder of the party, it was like 20 minutes left. I was like watching the thought spiral begin. All these parents are going to talk about me. I didn't give their kids pizza. My invitation said pizza and treats, and we didn't have pizza, and I'm just catastrophizing the whole thing, but I'm like, I have to keep it together because these kids seem like they're having fun. Nobody complained in that moment, like, where's my pizza? They were all super happy eating sugar. (laughs) And I especially didn't want to make it such that my daughter thought that it was a bad experience. When we got home and she went in the house and I stayed behind in the car, oh, the tears did they flow. My mom, who was visiting, was with me and she turns to me and she was like, knock it off. And that made me angry. Because I was like, I've been holding this in. I didn't say it, but I was like, I've been holding this in. And like, I deserve to have these feelings. But I also understood that in that moment, maybe I just needed to say, it is what it is. It happened. It wasn't the end of the world. We made it work. And no one really was the wiser. I mean, maybe. But if, if someone wants to vilify me because I forgot to order the pizza so be it and of course I feel bad and I had thought about approaching each parent as they picked up their kid and being like I'm so sorry that I didn't actually have pizza even though I said and I was like no quiet it let it go some things are just not worth holding on to no I said previously, some things are not worth holding on to, which may be true, but the mind, the body, it remembers. I've mentioned before the book, The Body Keeps the Score, and how memories are similarly held in our bodies, just as thoughts are kept in our mind and these are you know studies were referenced in the book about trauma but trauma isn't always the big t trauma stuff that you might think of when the word trauma comes up and so letting it go whatever it is as far as embarrassment and shame, being ashamed, easier said than done, as we often discuss 
here. So in therapy this week, I talked with my therapist about taking ownership of the mistake that was made at the party where when I reflect back on the email exchanges between myself and the owner of the the business which who I was I was never mad at like I said in you know sometimes when we become embarrassed we we instantly want to assign blame to someone else and don't want to take ownership of it even in if in reality we we know that it's kind of like oop that's on me which that was the case reflecting back I'm like oh there was an email exchange that I glanced over but didn't fully process properly, obviously, did not revisit. And that morning, the morning of the party, my husband had even said to me, like, are we all set with the pizza? And I was like, oh yeah, the place takes care of it. It's in the email. I referenced the email, but didn't open the email. And so in therapy, we talked about how, um, you know, it's important for me to, to take a beat and take the extra step and just check, double check things. And what's funny here is that despite having had that conversation literally yesterday, (laughs) today I showed up for an appointment and it turns out that the appointment that I have isn't actually, wasn't actually today, it's tomorrow. But I thought I had so confidently memorized the schedule that I didn't need to look back at the calendar. Now, is that a big deal? No, but it was another moment of like, oh, I'm so embarrassed because the, the woman I was meeting with was like, are you sure you're supposed to be here? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, totally. And then like she double checked her appointment book and then I pulled out my calendar and then I realized, oh, whoops. <laughs> ah, wash of embarrassment coming over. Now, these are small small things. And I've experienced personally, as I'm sure many of you have experienced big embarrassments, at least big for me, big for you. For example, losing a job in television, like that's public. That brought a sense of deep shame and embarrassment to me. But the great news is if we're sitting here right now thinking back on our big, big embarrassment, embarrassing moments, moments of feeling ashamed, we survived. We're here. We're, st- we're still going. We're still breathing. My daughter told me how upset she got at school today because something happened to this item that she brought to school with her. It, it broke. She had just gotten it for her birthday and she was playing with it at school and it broke. And she was like, I was trying to keep my tears in. And she's like, all of a sudden I got to library and I just couldn't hold it in anymore. And I just started to cry. I'm like, I feel you. I see you. And, you know, I listened to her story. And then at the end of it, I was like, let's do an assessment. Are you breathing? Is your heart beating? Are we here together right now? Yeah, like it doesn't take the the sadness away or the pain away, but you got through it. And at the end of the day, ain't that what matters? You 
come through it, you've learned something, for example, checking your schedule, double checking. <laughs> Point being, when we experience something like embarrassing moment, moment of feeling shame, it's yet another opportunity to learn, to grow, to move forward, to practice releasing attachment. Here comes my dog, can you hear him? Releasing attachment to what happened. We get to notice when our minds want to hold on to the feeling by revisiting and replaying what occurred. Now, of course, there are situations where shame comes from big T traumas. And that's a whole nother ballgame, right? Another. Another's not a word. Whole other ballgame. That's a different, different story. But for these more sort of everyday moments of discomfort, we can choose. And sometimes we choose to stew in the feelings. But recognizing that is so helpful. Like, oh, I'm having a moment. I'm gonna marinate in my moment for a moment. <laughs> or we can notice what the mind is doing, what the ego is pulling us into, and we can say, I choose to do this differently. And I'm gonna bust it out again, but man, is that powerful. So much power just from noticing, just from tapping into awareness. And even using the word just minimizes how incredibly amazing it is that we can work with these minds that we have that can do so many wonderful things for us, but also can work against us if left on autopilot. So for the call to action this week, what is a scenario in your mind that you have noticed or can tune in to notice that you are replaying or holding on to? Are you still having a conversation with someone that actually ended three days ago? Are you still stressing about not ordering the pizza for your daughter's birthday party? Can you notice the replay? Can you opt to, if not delete it, swipe it away? Say to yourself, literally, either say it out loud to yourself or have that internal dialogue with yourself and be like, self, come on, this is not helpful.
let's move on to now. Let's be present. Let's be present. Be here. And that's the call to action. Tune in to now by way of recognizing the then or the there where your mind is putting you that isn't helpful. If you need to be looking at your calendar to schedule things ahead, different story. If you need to draft an email or write a presentation, practice a presentation, plan for that, that's one thing. But if you're holding on to and replaying something just for the purpose of what? Feeling a hurt, an annoyance, a something? Maybe don't. But at the very least, crank up the awareness there. You've got this. I really want to hear from you. So find me on Instagram at socially responsible, just like the name of the podcast. And please, in gratitude for liking what you hear, take a moment to leave a review, subscribe, and share. Socially responsible, living from the inside out.